Welcome to our podcast, Equity For Real. I'm your host, Lawanda Knox. We're excited to have a special guest for you today from the city of Fresno, California. His name is Adolfo Castillo, better known as Ace. Listen closely as Ace takes us on his journey from the legacy cannabis market to becoming one of the four equity-owned dispensaries in Fresno. This interview will be conducted by Nathan from Quality Produce. Take it away, Nathan. All right. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you joining us. Ace, do you want to take a a quick minute just to introduce yourself up top? Sure. Um, Ace Castillo. I am CEO of the Banyan Tree Dispensary in Fresno, California. I am a social equity applicant and I am from Fresno and um, I've been in the cannabis space uh, in the legacy markets before and, um, you know, it didn't work out in Fresno in that space. They, They ended up ending that. And so the legal market came uh, in 2018 and I popped my head back up and decided to get back in it. And here I am. Great. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely circle back to kind of what's happening now, but I'm, I'm really interested, you know, in your little bit of your journey. So growing up in Fresno, what's some of your kind of initial relationships with, with weed, with cannabis was something that was, you know, looked down on in your household, in your community. Um, what are some of your earliest memories of weed? Well, uh, it, I would say it began as recreational. Um, you know, it was just one of those things that the guys that I hung out with, uh, you know, kind of turned on to, and it was looked down upon, uh, with my mom. Um, she, she didn't like weed at all, but there was a turning point. Um, I would say in my teenage years, still maybe a little later teenage years, where I had uh, her sister, my aunt, um, became, you know, diagnosed with cancer. And I would have to say this, that was the first, you know, aunt, uh, sibling of hers that, that came, got cancer. And um, it, it was just, it was bad. And so my mom knew I smoked weed. And it surprised the heck out of me when she came to me and said, you know what, um, do you think you can get some weed for your Thea Eloise? And I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think so. Cause it was right around the time when uh, there was this medicinal uh, part of, of weed was coming out um, in the news and, and, you know, dispensaries were actually starting to pop up in Fresno and um, the, the law got passed with the Compassionate Use Act. And so I started, I started looking at it a lot differently. So I ended up getting her some weed and it helped her actually be able to eat and um, take a little bit of the, the pain away. That was the biggest problem. She couldn't eat. So, um, you know, I got her some and, and it worked wonders. And she unfortunately lost that battle. Um, but, you know, it brought me peace being able to help her towards that the end there. And and then I just 
I started looking at weed completely different at that point. Um, I noticed that it was helping people. Um, it wasn't necessarily curing people. I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't thinking on that end, but I just felt like it was helping people and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of around the same time when dispensaries uh, started opening up in, in the city of Fresno. Um, at this point, they were collectives. And, um, you know, I had some friends that were already in the world of cannabis, you know, and um, I worked at a bank at that time. So uh, they looked at me as a business guy. I looked at them as the, the weed guy and we joined forces and we figured out what it would take to open a dispensary in Fresno. And it was a medical dispensary. And, and that, that from that point on, I became passionate about it and I just wanted to share it with people. And, and I really do believe that it, it helps in so many ways. Um, so that's my, that's how I got into it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that that experience with your aunt would have been so uh, powerful, right? Uh, from, some, from such an early age, I give you a real sense of cannabis, not just as this thing that's recreational, which is true, but that has a deeper purpose. Absolutely. And and so then, you know, you, you start to get involved in the space. You, you said you opened a medical dispensary? Yeah. Yeah. So the way it works you go, here. You go right in. <laughs> yeah. As, as the way it works here is they didn't really have a permit process. And what we found out is um, when there really isn't a, a, a licensing process, then there isn't a law that says you can't do it, then uh, you can do it, you know, so. Uh, it was pretty lax in those days. Um, it didn't last very long, but um, it didn't take much. You just got a space, and um, we made sure we regulated ourselves. I mean, we really stayed true to accepting only medical uh, recommendations. We had a data system that people would have to sign up. Uh, we we met an attorney that helped us form our um, – I guess our agreement, our members agreement that they would come in and, and we'd keep that on file and we would, we would be really strict to that. I mean, people would come in with an expired rec and we wouldn't let them back, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, we got involved with some doctors um, in the city. And I also, my wife is in the oncology world. She, she's a phlebotomist. So she worked for a cancer doctor and Fortunately, that doctor was on the side of the medicinal use of cannabis as well. So she would also refer some of her patients to our place because back in uh, those days, there wasn't a whole lot of dispensaries that I guess um, people felt comfortable going to. There, um, and we, we were really, we, I would say we really try to regulate ourselves because there was no rules, but, you know, we did the best that we could. Um, to just stay true to that, um, helping people. And, and we helped a lot of people. A lot of people would come in our doors and um, tell us some success stories of, of how they helped. And, you know, it just, it, just, uh, it just made me feel like it made me feel good. It made our team feel good. And it just it, it's something that uh, I didn't feel when I had a job at the bank. Uh, the job at the bank was kind of a groundhog day every day. Uh, this was uh, something else, you know, so... Yeah. 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 It was a good, that's, that's your kind of real, you know, again, you dove right in, got some real hands-on experience for sure. Um, so, you know, for whatever reason that, that venture ends and is in, 
is then that when you kind of find out about the equity program or how did you first hear about the equity program? Well, uh, so yes. So the, the, the laws changed in Fresno and we were forced to close. Um, so that whole time I was just trying to stay current and figure out how I can get in. Right. Because in Fresno, there was, there was just outlawed. It was just outlawed completely. Um, dispensaries are opening up all over California and all kinds of cannabis businesses were happening after it became legalized, but Fresno was still in that space where it was just wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, I even, uh, tried, you know, I have some connection to the Kalinga project that happened out there early on. And, um, Finally, the city got their act together, I feel, and then they saw the benefit of what, you know, these kind of businesses can, can help with in, in the community. And so in about 2018 is when it started. And at first, the, the, it, was, it, was, it was kind of scary because they didn't have an equity program in the very beginning of, of them introducing, you know, the, what was going to happen here. And... Um, there was some people that that came from Oakland. I know, uh, particularly the the People's Dispensary. They they came and they lobbied for the equity program, and I can't thank them enough. Um, I know Caesar, and um, and they were really doing some good work. They were there at the meetings, you know, just pushing for equality, making sure that these licenses didn't just go to out of town. Uh, people and uh, he wanted local people to get a chance and particularly minorities. Um, and, and so after. So say, so initially when you say, you know, at, at first it was scary, that's what you mean. It was scary to feel like you're going to have to go up against all these kind of corporate, let's be honest, probably white owned, really deep pocketed uh, outsider businesses that were going to just come kind of buy well, up all the licenses. Is that what you absolutely. mean? Absolutely. I felt, I, I almost felt like this is an impossible, you know, and you know, you hear it from a lot of people, you know, when I, when I maybe try to talk about putting together something, um, you know, you got, oh, they're already going to pick who they're going to pick. It's, it's already uh, decided. You're not going to have a chance. It's going to cost too much money. And all of those things are in my head. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this, this is an impossible challenge. Like these, these, this whole process is going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of money and it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a team of people. And what I did have as a team and I did have some time, I just didn't have the money. Um, but like I said, uh, fortunately they introduced the, framework of this social equity program that they were going to roll out as part of uh, the process and that gave me hope right away i was like oh here we go maybe maybe we do have a shot here you know and um so as soon as they rolled out the the social equity i began trying to figure out what that means right mm -hmm. and um how we could qualify and fortunately i did qualify i, I qualified as a low-income applicant um, and that got me in and then so they told us about the technical assistance that will be provided um, to help you with the 
you know, operating procedures, possibly investors, uh, building your business plan. And I, I needed all that help. You know, <laughs> I needed it all. So sure. as soon as um, we got word that we qualified and I submitted and they said, OK, you'll be contacted by the Make Green Go um, for the technical assistance program. My team was like just asking me, did they contact you yet? Did, did you get anything yet? And I'm like, ah, not yet. And then as soon as we did, I, I was on board immediately. Like the first meeting, you know, I made sure I took advantage of that that assistance because, I mean, it just helped get me started. Because it's it's like, where do I start, right? Where where do I start? And then they have a roadmap, and um, that was very helpful. And pretty much everything that I was kind of worried about, I mean, I was tasked to do the standard operating procedures, the SOPs. Um, I've never written policy and procedure before. I've, I followed policy and procedure, but I've never actually wrote it myself. And man, the, the technical assistance program, the Make Green Go had SOPs that you could literally copy and paste. And not only that, there was also partners that you could schedule one-on-one -on -one with. And you guys never made me feel like I was uh, like just so green and, and a, a rookie of sorts. You, you, you knew I was new to this, but it just was so helpful. Everyone was just so helpful and so ready to help, you know. And, um, and I, it, was, it was just what I needed, you know. So I, I really thank you guys for all of that, for sure. Well, I think in that, uh, you know, I'm really glad to hear that. But I think in that the story I hear, I hear from a lot of people is that you actually have an incredible amount of experience. You know, you open this dispensary. You know about cannabis. You've dealt with people who are sick and suffering. Uh, so you have all this knowledge. It's just now there's this whole new arena of regulations, essentially, right? right. That people may not have as much experience in and the big corporations do. But those big corporations tend not to have the kind of ground experience um, that others. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad we give you that assistance. But I think, you know, just don't kind of sell yourself short with how much you really do know. Uh, <laughs> it's just this brand, brave new world of, uh, you know, regulations and, like you said, procedures and protocols. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that because that's why I felt that the retail space is where I want to be. I mean, that's my lane, right? I felt like I did have that experience. And I know it gets kind of complicated and complex when you get into this legal world, just the licensing and regulations part. But when you really get down to the bones, it's still all about helping people. It's still all about the love of cannabis and the way cannabis is analyzed. And these days, it's, there's, there's so much you can learn about it, so much more. And it's, it's just so much open. And um, I think that that basic part of it, I just thought, you know what, I can do this, you know, I can, I can, I can do this, even though there's a laundry list of items that need to be done. Actually, that's even good, too, because back when I did do my own dispensary, it was just, it, there was no rules, there was no list of this is what you need to do, you know, and, and uh, now there is. And that was very helpful. It was like, okay, well, now I got to check this box, this box, and this box. There's a lot of boxes, but at least I know what I got to do to get in, you know. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, 
retail is where I want to be. You know, I don't know the other the other parts um, if I would have done so well trying to apply, but I just wasn't interested in anything other than and being in retail. Yeah. Well, yeah, not to turn this into a uh, you know therapy session, but I see the direct line with your your Tia originally there as well, right? Like for yeah. you help directly helping people is just this like a central component. And so of course, you know, you want to be in retail. Yeah. Yep. So in, in that, in that process, you know, you're still kind of going through it. We'll get there in a second. I'm curious kind of what are some um, obstacles or some things that maybe took you by surprise that you might give other equity applicants kind of a heads up on in particular, any like specifics like, Oh, I wish I had, you know, gotten a CPA earlier or this, that, and the other. Well, I guess one of the things that I got lucky with um, is, is getting an angel investor to help with the process because, you know, it does take, it does take some capital to secure a building, for instance. Um, the way that our program was set up in Fresno is, you have to have a building location at the time you submit your application. And one of the obstacles that we were finding is, well, there's limited inventory for one. And for two, some of these landlords were seeing kind of a money grab and um, they're, they're taking advantage of people. And, and, and there is a lot of other companies that have the deep pockets that are able to go and secure a property even though this licensing process is going to take who knows a year two years three years but um it's like really deep pockets so i i guess it, just trying to find that location early on is is very important um or building some kind of relationship with an owner that you know is um, kind of looking out for your best interest and not necessarily um, just looking to get rich. I know it's hard to find those kind of people, but once you start looking and, and getting to talk to owners, you kind of get an idea of, of who's reasonable and, and who's not. And, and um, you just don't want to get taken advantage of. Um, but you want to also try to just line up somebody that's going to kind of guide you um, through, mm -hmm. through the process that, you know, I got lucky, like I said, with our angel investor. He also had a degree in law. So that was also helpful to help me draw up contracts and, and lease agreements because um, I, I, I didn't know how to do that, that kind of stuff. Um, so those were like, I would say, two of the toughest obstacles um, to get past is just finding that right location and making sure you have some startup funds to get you through the application process um those are two things I, I think were hard for me yeah and it's hard for everybody right I and mean, especially the real estate component that's a big one we know that yeah cities might require you to hold real estate it might be like you said two or three years might be looking at a million plus dollars and yeah. you know, by definition a low-income equity applicant you know how could they possibly uh, pay that. And I think, you know, one other thing you brought up that I thought was uh, really struck me was looking at an investor, not just as a source of revenue, not revenue, excuse me, source of funding. Right. Um, but like, are they really going to support you? What other skills and networks can they kind of bring to the table? Are they truly a partner versus a, you know, check writer? Right. And I would say getting partners, um, 
to start this with you. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find good partners in any business. Right. But, you know, in this kind of space, it seems like you could kind of attract the wrong people for the wrong intentions. So you always got to be aware of that. Luckily my group formed organically. These are people that, well, two of them started out as, as customers at my original dispensary, you know? Wow. Okay. Uh, and so I've known these people for over 10 years and they started, they came to me because they got recommended from somebody. They said, these guys, they're good. They got good stuff. They're, you, they make you feel comfortable and they're all about the medical, you know? And, and so both of my partners that are uh, two of my partners I met, because they had, you know, medical conditions that they, they needed medicine for. And so I built that relationship with them early on, you know? And um, so I got real lucky in that fact that I, I was, I became really close to these people throughout the years. And I kind of looked at them as mentors um, to help me, you know, just give me advice through things. And uh, when it came down to this whole thing, you know, I approached them and said, you know, I would love if we can, work I'll work on this if you get it well one guy came and approached me and said i would like to help you and then the next one i approached him because of the community outreach um part of our our, our plan that's his specialty and uh and he was willing to help me with that and then you know i have another friend that is a lifelong friend from high school that's in the corporate world that was just my final piece of the puzzle but finding that right team is going to be hard i would say um but it's so, so valuable, you know, and, and important to make sure that the people that are on your team are, are there for the right reasons. And um, they, they all love cannabis as much as I do. They're all passionate about it and they all believe in, in the benefits. Um, so you know, that's, where, that's where our heads are at. And, and I can't thank them enough. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have helped through the process. Yeah. Yeah, that team is, is so essential, and it feels like a nice segue also to why don't you kind of run us down on where you are today? Um, you know, where where is the store? What part of the process are you in? Well, uh, currently, our, our, our final, our lease is being uh, finalized, I would say, because we had a, a letter of intent on, on the lease that, that we had with this the owner now and very reasonable. I mean, this, it was so nice that this guy didn't charge us hardly anything to hold the building compared to the other options that we had before. Um, so we have the architect and the design completed and um, our architect is uh, also our contractor. So he's going to get in there and start uh, demoing. We, I would say we're probably about 30 days out um, before we can actually begin. Um, and yeah, so the, the store, hopefully our goal is to be open in six months. I know that's going to be real hard, but um, that's where we're at. And we're also at a point where we're looking for um, some investors for some funding. And so we're um, meeting with uh, some potential investors that are looking to, to give us our funding that we need um, for the rest of the process. Um, so that's, I think those are the two most important things. Myself, I'm uh, tasked with just keeping in touch with all of the other partners that are going to help us with the uh, technology systems, um, you know, POS, HR, 
um, menu boards, uh, loyalty program. Uh, so I'm dealing with, uh, you know, website developer, uh, working on our park page right now. So as soon as that's up and running, we secure our website, uh, banningtreefresno.com. We should have a park page so that at least, uh, you know, can show people that we're coming soon, a little rendering of the building that we have. And uh, hopefully we can start getting a mail list mailing list together to start um, getting people excited when we have our grand opening. And um, I'm really trying to get in front of somehow the public uh, to show them that we're banning tree. Um, right now, Roading Leaf Inc. is the name of my corporation. And that was uh, everywhere publicly, I guess, that, that the city has been announcing as far as us getting the license is Roading Leaf Inc. So we're working on trying to make that transition so that the public knows that, you know, we're banning tree dispensary. Um, so I'm going to try to do a community outreach event um, to see if we can, uh, you know, start. Our team is just willing to, to just get out there and, and help. So um, that that's one another thing that we're working on uh, just to get the public view and, and do some good. Just start doing some good right now that doesn't, necessarily take a lot of capital to do but uh, there's a lot of people that need help in my city so we want to get get going with that and just meetings 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 keep in uh, contact with the team uh, we have meeting probably almost about every other day or so and uh, just go over everything that that needs to be done and and banking uh, working on trying to get our banking situated in the cannabis space that is a uh, is definitely a, a, a tough one. So, you know, I would say that put that on the list of, of, of things that you need to try to get nailed down as early as possible is, is the banking and hopefully laws change soon that it won't be such a, a, a hassle or problem for us. But yeah, so yeah, a lot of those things, uh, I think, uh, just those things, just those yeah, couple just things. Like, and you'll be all set, man. Leave anything else out? I don't know. Maybe I do. But yeah, so it's it's busy, but it's good, good busy. You know, this is what I, this is my dream come true. You know, so I'm I got my own office now. You know, I'm I'm working out of an office, um, so I got my own headquarters, and mm -hmm. I just feel like uh, I feel like I'm I'm almost there. We almost made it. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I really, I really appreciate you kind of sharing your journey with everyone. Um, I know you're looking forward to, and we're looking forward to you, you opening here, and you know, we'll just speak truth to power and say six months, right? Yes. Um, and I know you're kind of looking to connect with other equity folks potentially as well. Is that right? Absolutely. So I, I was asking uh, Miss Knox if there's some way I would like to extend an olive branch and try to get any equity people that didn't didn't get their license and see if um, I can get them on the team. I know there's a lot of good talent in that pool of equity applicants, and um, I would love to to help out and uh, get somebody an opportunity because someone gave me an opportunity. I just want to pass it on. So definitely I, I, I want to, I want to get out to those equity applicants to see if somehow I can get them first priority, you know, as far as joining the team. Definitely. Great. Hopefully this helps kind of put the call out for you again. And, and again, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. And thank you for your time too, Nathan. Well, there you have it. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast, Equity For Real, bringing you the realest stories by the realest people. Hopefully, you've walked away with a bit of encouragement to take the next step in your cannabis venture. This is LaWanda Knox signing off. See you next time. Peace.